Hello and welcome to Worship Matters, a podcast that deals the intricacies of planning worship with and for your faith community. I'm Derek Weber, Director of Preaching Ministries at Discipleship Ministries, a general agency of the United Methodist Church, located in Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. During this time of transition from virtual to in-person and hybrid worship, the worship team has endeavored to provide conversations that inspire worship teams and leaders to seize this moment and realize the opportunities before the church, finding ways to help those worshiping with us to re-engage and shape the church we are becoming. Have you ever considered a ministry coach? Perhaps you've received an email or seen a social media post inviting you to consider working with a coach for your preaching or leadership or even a life coach of some sort. I'm aware that many conferences in the United Methodist Church are training and deploying coaches for the clergy in their conference. It seems to be a growing phenomenon. So I thought that on this episode of Worship Matters, we'd talk about coaching. So to help me do that, I have a friend and colleague, the Reverend Sarah Nelson, Senior Pastor of First United Methodist Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So welcome, Reverend Nelson. Thank you for being with us today. I appreciate you taking time away from your busy schedule to record this podcast. Now, in these unusual times, we like to begin by simply asking, how are you doing? So how are things with you? Things are going well, Derek. Things are going really well. Have, have you found the, the switch back and forth from virtual and in-person and all that to navigate well? Your church is okay with that, and you personally are not exhausted from all of that sort of stuff? <laughs> yeah, it's it's been kind of a wild couple of years, and uh, I had a change of appointment in the middle of them. And so there's it's it's been challenging at times. And I think that our worship schedule has changed about six or seven times just in the last two years, uh, just navigating all of that. But but it's been good. And, and we're seeing a strong comeback, both in person and, and for people continuing to worship with us digitally as well. Well, that's great to hear. I'm, I'm always in awe of those pastors who changed appointments in the midst of the pandemic. It just seemed like an impossible hill to climb, and yet you seem to have navigated well. Well, I invited you here because just over a year ago, you sent an email asking if I would consider coaching you in preaching. And part of the irony of that email is that it came at the recommendation of another coach that you were working with. So tell us a little bit about your take on coaching as a ministry tool. Well, I think coaching is such a wonderful tool. And I've worked with coaches for several years, and I was working with a coach and continue to uh, when he recommended that I reach out to you. And for me, it's just one of those essential tools to help me keep growing as a ministry leader. And when I reached out to you, my my coach knew that I had a passion for preaching, and I just wanted to keep growing. And, and like so many of us who were preaching in the midst of the pandemic, I was finding that my preaching style needed to evolve too, especially as I was becoming more and more acquainted with virtual worship. And so when he mentioned that he knew you, I thought that it would be a good fit, and I wanted to reach out. So tell me about your thinking process when you just mentioned that, that you were aware of maybe needing to look at your preaching style and all that kind of stuff. So, so what made you think to even ask your initial coach, you know, can someone help me with this? 
as opposed to doing it yourself. We all like to do it ourselves. You know, that's how we work these days. So, so what made you think to reach out at that point? Well, for me, it was really watching myself preach online. And as, as we transitioned right at the beginning of COVID, I, I had been in the practice of watching myself from time to time, but it's different to watch yourself preach when there's no one in the room. And when you um, are utilizing a camera and to have have engagement with your congregation that is simply not in the room. And so as I watched myself, I realized that, that there were things that I wanted to work on. And I've worked with coaches in the past and, and always appreciated the feedback that I'd received. And so I, I thought that, that this would be a good area for me to find someone with some expertise to help me grow into a preacher that that wasn't quite so reliant on my notes and to kind of challenge me and stretch me. And so that's that's really why I did it was in a lot of ways it was the pandemic that um, kind of stretched me to think about maybe there's there's ways that I can grow in, in my preaching even in the midst of this really unique time. So you found yourself in a new place and it's in lots of ways a new church that you started to serve but also the whole virtual versus in-person kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so it was the new thing that said, okay, let's, let's walk together. Let's, let's find some things to think about. So, so yeah. tell me, who in your view, who, who should ask for a coach or who should consider uh, finding a coach? Who is it for, really? I really think finding a coach is for everybody. And I think as ministry leaders that, that as we encourage our folks to grow in faith and in leadership, that we ourselves as ministry leaders um, should be growing in leadership as well. And I, I really think that everyone could benefit from coaching. I kind of view it as professional development that, you know, so often we go to conferences and we go to workshops and we might take an online class here or there. And and I found that working with a coach that I trust and that I feel like brings something new to the table for me has helped me grow just as much as any other professional development work that I've done. And so I would really encourage anybody to seek out a coach and and it could be like me that it was it was just an area that I wanted to keep growing in and you know it's been a while since I've been to seminary and so I I I hope that my preaching isn't the same as it was when I when I got out of seminary I hope that it keeps evolving and developing and one of the ways to do that was to simply work with someone else that could give me a new perspective and and challenge me in some ways that maybe I hadn't considered before mm. So, so what does it take? Um, you know, you might call them prerequisites. What, what do you need in order for it to work well with, with a coach? What, what sort of mindset or, or attributes or, or thinking do you need to have, do you think? I think as personally, someone, you know, I, I found myself that I need to, um, be open-minded and willing to have feedback that sometimes feedback can be kind of hard to hear, <laughs> uh, but it's, uh, it's, it's helpful. And I think if you go into it really with an open mind and open heart and from kind of that posture of just wanting to grow, that you can gain a lot. And, you know, I kind of laughed when we started working together, Derek, I think our first session, you told me something like, 
you know, I've never really worked with someone that wasn't a good preacher, but yeah. I think I can help you become a better preacher. And that just put me at ease because um, I didn't see myself as a poor preacher, but it was something that I wanted to grow in. And so I, I really looked at it as, as a growth opportunity. And I think working with any coach, whether that's a preaching coach or a congregational coach, just helps us to keep growing and it helps our churches to keep growing too. You know, I've often worked with a congregational coach and usually a prerequisite for me when I'm looking for a coach is I'm looking for someone who has had some experiences that I've not had, who served a church that's larger than the one that I currently serve, um, who can kind of help me think about, you know, what what does congregational look, life look like? Because not all churches are the same. They're all unique and different. And, and sometimes having that outside perspective of someone that isn't quite in the trenches like you are um, really, really helps. Yeah. Yeah, that perspective, that change of perspective can can help. It's almost like coming up from it for air. If you're you're swimming down deep in the waters and you got to come up from air every now and then. I also like how how you described that prerequisite of being a desire to grow, as opposed to a vulnerability that says I'm not so sure I'm I'm good or or I need help or whatever. But say, however good we think we are, however however well equipped we are. There's always more we can learn, right? We can always grow and, and find new things of doing doing our job, doing the, the tasks that we do over and over again. So it's an openness, a willingness to do that. So what? share a little bit. What have you gained with our relationship, perhaps, our coaching, but, but also in general uh, with other coaches that you've worked with? What, what do you identify in your own ministry and your leadership that, that you gained from this process? I feel like I've gained a lot, you know, specifically in working with you, Derek. It's really helped me to think more holistically about the role that the sermon plays in worship. And I've always loved preaching. That That isn't anything new. But to try different approaches to preaching and to have someone who can give you some some real feedback and, and some honest feedback, but also having that relationship that is supportive and encouraging, I think makes all the difference. And that, you know, I always have known that that you've been encouraging me to to be the best that I can be and 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 simply to grow. And so, you know, when that feedback comes, I know that it's coming from a place of 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 support and encouragement. And so I feel like I've gained a, a lot in just kind of seeing sing worship and and the place of the sermon more holistically, but also felt a lot more confident, um, especially when I try something new. I know you know this, Derek, but you know I was pretty squarely a manuscript behind the pulpit kind of preacher, and there's nothing wrong with that. That nope. that's a real comfortable thing for a lot of people, but I had always wanted to experiment with maybe not being behind the pulpit or or uh, trying to be more of a notes kind of a preacher. And and so having that that encouragement, but also that guidance of, of how to maybe go about developing that that skill set has been really helpful. And and I found that I probably experiment a little bit more, take a little bit more risks, calculated risks, but risks all the same in my preaching that I'm not sure that I would have done a year ago with without having that support and that guidance. Yeah, I, I would say that's what I've seen in you over the year that we've been working is that growth in in confidence in your own abilities and in your own preaching. 
One of the things that I, from my perspective, that I've always tried to do is to to let whoever I'm working with know I'm not trying to turn you into me or, or turn you into some ideal uh, of the preacher. I'm taking what you have and what you are and, and helping you bring that to the fore. One of the advantages we have because of the pandemic is that everybody's online. Everybody's virtual now, and so I can watch you preach. I can watch a whole worship experience, and that, and that really helps. Uh, to be able to see that and to so see you in your place and think how can Sarah do better rather than try to sound like somebody else or, or this idea we all have preaching models in our heads you know our, the preachers we look up to and when I first started preaching I was always trying to mimic somebody <laughs> I always wanted to sound like Fred Craddock even though I'm not from East Tennessee you know I was always wanted to sound like one of those preachers that I knew and understood until until I found you have to find your own voice in the midst of that. And that's what I see in you and others that I have worked with in, in preaching is that they're finding their own voice and, and letting the gifts that God has given you uh, come to the fore. I think that's important. I also think that this coaching model fits in well with our United Methodist polity, who, who we are as uh, denominationally, how we understand ourselves. So in, in your view, what, how does that fit together to be a United Methodist who's now working with a coach? What comes to your mind in that process? Well, coaching for me has been an opportunity for me to connect with, to learn from others in our connectional system that are not a part of my own conference. And I think that that's just the beauty of our connectional church and that we do have ways in which we can connect with each other, support each other, help one another grow. That is, I think, unique to being United Methodist. I, I mean, our a former bishop of mine, Bishop Rousseau, I heard him say many, many times that he would encourage us to find a mentor and encourage us to be a mentor. And to me, that's very United Methodist, very connectional. And so I've really taken that, that while I've sought out mentors and coaches from other places, I've also currently coaching a couple of people myself. And that's been a really beautiful thing um, to be able to both be be a mentor and be a mentee as we're all on this journey of life and faith together. Yeah. Amen. I, I, that's what I see too, that connectional idea uh, too often because the work takes so much of our time and our energy and effort, you know, we think it's just us, us and our, in our local church. And, and we got to stay focused on that. But to, again, to raise our heads and realize that we're connected to others and there are others we can learn from and there are others we can teach. You used a word uh, in the midst of that, mentoring. Um, is there a difference in your mind between coaching and mentoring, or are they just aspects of the same thing? I've often thought about that if there really is a difference. And perhaps for some there might be, but I think for me, I see them as fairly similar, that a mentor provides that that listening ear, that support, but also that in intentionality around helping another person grow into who they're called to be. And I think coaching is very similar. Perhaps coaching sometimes can be a little more specialized than mentoring. I know a lot of people have a, a, a life coach or they have a, a mentor that's more kind of holistic for their whole life, whereas coaching, I think, can focus more on specific areas like 
we've have of mm-hmm. of preaching in particular, but I think they're pretty similar at their core. Yeah, I, I think so too. And and I've also found our conversations ranging all over the place, and not just talking about the sermon, <laughs> you know, but but how preaching impacts your leadership and how your leadership shapes your preaching and and all those relationships, and it kind of overlaps. So I. I see some real value in that. That holistic understanding of preaching, I think, is important too, that it's not just a thing in and of itself, but that it feeds and it responds to, and it, it's a part of the all of the leadership of the church. Now, when I first brought up this idea about you coming to talk with me about this on this podcast, um, you, you shared some experiences where people were surprised when you mentioned that you had a coach. Tell us about that. Why Why do you think they're they're surprised about that? I think there sometimes can be a bit of a stigma around coaching that that people who seek out coaching it's it's because maybe they're not effective or or there's something wrong happening and and I've had a couple people say, "Oh, really? You work with a coach? I'm kind of surprised at." to hear that. And, and I, I often encourage anybody to find a coach because it's been so helpful for me. And, but I do think that there, there is a stigma around it. And, you know, even when I reached out to you, Derek, in the beginning, I initially, I, when I reached out, I was a little worried that you would think I was reaching out because, because I was not a strong preacher at all and, uh, and and worried of what you might think of of this unknown person reaching out to you but uh, as I mentioned earlier you eased my fears right away and and so I, I think that we have to see it as a seeking out that encouragement that uh, perspective from a, a posture of of being open-minded and simply wanting to grow and um, and so my hope is is that that people would give it a try and not be worried of of maybe a stigma attached to it because quite frankly I think a lot of people are pursuing coaching not just in ministry but in all kinds of realms of life. I look at my husband and he's not a pastor, he's not a ministry professional and there's all kinds of coaching opportunities in his industry and so I I think that it's a good thing to work with a coach and to have that that additional perspective because you're right sometimes as pastors we can kind of feel like lone rangers and we get really focused on what's happening uh, in our own local churches and and um, with our own congregations and I think it's always helpful to have that that person that you can kind of process um, what's happening with who might give you an idea or perspective that you hadn't considered because you're you're just a little bit too close to it mm. Well, a number of colleagues of mine uh, have looked into spiritual direction, which is a form of coaching, uh, maybe a little different, and they would probably disagree with my categorizing them as coaches, but it's it's a similar sort of thing. And, and some of them were reluctant at first to say, well, if I go to a spiritual director, it means I'm saying I'm not very spiritual myself, I, or I need help, or, or whatever. Uh, I, I think that's just something we have to get over to... As, as you say, to have this attitude that says, I just want to continue to grow. I'm not the same as I was coming out of seminary. I'm not set in stone. Things have to grow and change, particularly in our system, the itinerant system. You go to a different church, it's going to take different skills, different gifts that we may not have developed before. And so we have to leave that behind, that, that idea that everything is fixed. 
but we also have to admit that maybe there are times that we could benefit from from some help that there are some weaknesses that that we have and and that's not a bad thing that's not a uh, that's not an admission that we're failing it just simply means that we have growth areas that we need to focus on and, and to be willing to admit that and, and to embrace the possibility of somebody walking along beside us it it does mean being vulnerable to one another to an extent to to be willing to to let someone talk about our preaching, I often say that preaching is such a personal act that that's why it's hard for someone to hear criticism or to hear critique about their preaching because it, it feels like they're being attacked when we're talking about a sermon and a, and a way of communicating and all of that. And so just being willing to do that. And so I've appreciated your, your willingness to do that and others that I have worked with as well too. So I think it's a growing thing in our church and a possibility you were talking before about continuing education or professional development. Years ago, there were ways we had of doing continuing ed, and we had to check off the courses that we would attend or seminars. But that's all changed. It changes. Everything has changed. And that one of the ways that we continue to grow is, is by engaging in, in a relationship, a one-on-one, -on -one, which can be more directed and more helpful to us, I think. So tell us, Sarah, can you remember back the first coaching relationship you had? What What's the first revelatory thing that you learned about yourself that maybe opened your eyes that said, there's something real going on here? What did you learn? Or maybe what surprised you a little bit, if you can remember that, about who you are and how you do this leadership thing? Absolutely. So I think one of the most revealing sort of epiphany aha moment in in an earlier uh, coaching relationship was it, you know, we all have people in mind that we know as pastors, as preachers, and as, as you said earlier, and, and I do too. And, you know, one of the things that over the years I'd kind of unintentionally picked up for myself was that as ministry leaders, that it, we shouldn't be vulnerable, that, mm. um, that we, that we needed to be, you know, tough and kind of able to have thick skin. And, and I mean, certainly that is true at times, but in working with one of my coaches, I'll never forget him saying, you know, part of your gentleness and tenderness, Sarah, is actually one of your greatest gifts. And, and I think for me, that was just really permission giving that, mm. yes, certainly there are things that we have to let it roll off our backs and, and that ministry is challenging at times, but it's, it's okay when it, when it taps into those tender parts of us, even when it hurts at times, because that means that we're human and we're, we're ministering out of who we are and I'm ministering out of who I am. And that really, that really helped me embrace that part of me rather than trying to trying to kind of have this armor that um, that's just not me and mm -hmm. um, I think one of the other ones and and it's actually come up in our coaching too is I'm a pretty animated and I smile all the time and it's just who I am and uh, it's who I've always been and hopefully who I always will be and and embracing that that optimistic, positive person and that you know certainly there are times where where we have to be always mindful of our, our setting and our situation but I'm 
always going to preach from a posture of joy. That's just who I am. And and as long as I'm mindful of the different settings, that I don't have to necessarily change that about myself. And I think more than more than once you've said, "Yep, you just bring a lot of joy to the table," and uh, <laughs> yeah. and and that's just that's just who I am. And and we all have things like that that we just bring to the table naturally. And I think coaching has helped me embrace some of those parts that I thought that that I thought that maybe I needed to change or hide or fix and more so having that relationship to just talk through it of you know are there times where obviously you know celebrations of life those are times where you need to really be conscious of of a person's energy level as you're you know leading worship and and preaching of course but that it's it it can be a good thing to have high energy and and uh, to bring a smile especially on a sunday morning so it's it's building on your strengths but but first identifying and knowing yourself, I, that's what I've heard in our conversation and, and in my experience with coaching is the first thing it's about is discovering who you are, where you're coming from, what your inclinations are, what your strengths are, uh, and to build on those, uh, to continue on. Does that, does that depict it for you uh, in a way? It does. It does. And, um, and I think sometimes... You know, depending on what what we've experienced or seen in our own lives, because you know most of us were in the pew for a significant amount of time before we were in the pulpit, and so we've we've all had different models. And I think just figuring out who we are, feeling comfortable in our own skin, and bringing that into the ministry that God's called us to is incredibly important. And building on those strengths allows us to just continue to live into who God's created us to be. And to see God at work in the midst of our own ministry, which is a hard thing to do sometimes. Sometimes we can recognize it in others, but but to see it coming through us or with us or being a part of that, I think there, I think the source of a lot of your joy is is in acknowledging that the Spirit is with you, and and that's yes. a good thing. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to come and and share with us a little bit about your experience and would encourage anyone who wants to know more about coaching, whether it's preaching coaching or other coaching, to get in touch with us or or send an email to Sarah out there in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and we'd be glad to talk about it some more. So thank you. Thank you for joining us today and listening to this podcast. We hope it was helpful to you. And remember, you can always find more information at our website, umcdiscipleship.org. So for my guest, the Reverend Sarah Nelson, We say thank you. Until next time, we will be praying for and with you in your congregation. May God continue to bless your worship ministry as you continue to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. This podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.